Hey everyone, welcome to The Boot. That's right, it's The Boot. We're recasting classic movie reboots so Hollywood doesn't have to. This week, we put sequel month on ice with 1997 superhero Carnival, Batman and Robin. The movie that sent the franchise into a deep freeze for nearly a decade. Starring George Clooney, Chris O'Donnell, Alicia Silverstone, Uma Thurman, and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Kenna, this movie is so bad. It's next level terrible. It is the king of terrible, terrible sequels. Like, before you watch it, you you understand that it's bad, but in the middle of it, you can't believe how we got here. This was like watching a Ken Burns documentary about, like, how bad a movie can actually be. It's like, remember how bad it was? Actually, you know what would have been better than this movie? Just still pictures that we slowly zoom in and out of while dialogue happens over it. It's like black and white photos and then like interviews years later of like George Clooney being like, it's what gave me my stardom. It was everything I wanted. And then I destroyed the franchise. That I would watch. Impressive. Well, I, my most unabominable snowman, have been impressed by you. In fact, I propose a pairing. Hmm, an enticing offer. But what does the lady want in return? Let's cool it for now. I've got someone I want you to meet. His name is Bane. A laundry service that delivers. Wow. This movie took me three days to watch. In, and I could only watch it in 15-minute chunks. <laughs> and if I went longer, I'd have to go back and rewatch it. it. And I honestly don't remember much of the movie, so you're going to have to fill oh, wow. in some gaps for me. Maybe, maybe I could do that. <laughs> uh, guys, if you're new to the boot, this is a movie reboot podcast where I, Brian Flynn, and my co-host, Kenna Trent, pick a classic Hollywood movie and talk about it as if it, the movie was to be remade today by picking five of its uh, five cast members of the movie and recasting it for 2019. However, we have just gone through a whole month of the worst sequels in Hollywood history, and we have come to our, shall we say, main course? Shall we say our... Honestly, uh, it's kind of a toss-up. We've watched some bad movies this month. Um, The Matrix was a slog. I I think it's sort of a toss-up for me between this and The Matrix Reloaded. Now, with that in mind... Let's talk about this 20-year-old movie that was so bad that they rebooted it not once but twice. But would we attribute both reboots to how bad this movie was? Yes. I think I think <laughs> I think uh, Batman v Superman Justice League is a little more removed, but it seems like they didn't learn the lessons. Oh, for sure. I mean, isn't that what this whole podcast is about? (laughs) Nobody learns. Nobody learns. And history is doomed to repeat itself. You ready to talk about this movie? Yep. All right, guys, this is our reboot of Batman and Robin. Where do you think you're going? It's not a bat lady. It's a Robin signal. Ivy's calling me. Her name is Pamela Isley. I saw her talking to Gordon. She must have stolen his keys and changed the signal. Yeah, she did it for me, for love. She's infected us with some sort of pheromone extract. Oh, is that what it is, Bruce? I'm under some kind of magic spell? She wants to kill you, dick. You would say anything to keep her away from me, wouldn't you? To keep her for yourself. You once said to me that being part of a team means trusting your partner and sometimes counting on someone else is the only way to win. Do you remember that? You weren't talking about being partners. You were talking about being a family. So I'm asking you, friend, partner, brother, will you trust me now? George Clooney really was the worst Batman. (laughs) He really was. 
I mean, Ben Affleck is pretty obnoxious, but um, didn't they just do a poll uh, to ask fans who, who their favorite Batman was? They and did. It was, was it Christian Bale won, and then Michael, Michael Keaton, Keaton was second. I don't know if Adam West was on the poll, but it was like Christian Bale, Michael Keaton, Ben Affleck, George Clooney, Val Kilmer. Why was Val Kilmer last? I don't know. You and I both rewatched Batman Forever. Yeah. It's great. It's... Um, it's much better than it's this. It's better than this, but it does sort of fall into some of the same traps. I also tried to rewatch the first Batman. Mm-hmm. I tried to rewatch Batman Returns a little bit. And those movies are, are really, really good. And with Batman Forever... It still felt like whether the studio decreed it or Joel Schumacher decided to do it, but it really felt like they tried to keep little pieces of Tim Burton's vision. Like it felt dark. The sets felt like they spent money on it. But it was still a little wacky. It was still a little wacky. Yeah. But Batman and Robin fully just dives into a cartoon. And there's like some trivia on the IMDb page where his direction would just be like he'd get on a microphone and he'd say, okay, remember everybody. This is a cartoon. Mm-hmm. Once this movie lost that grip on reality, yeah, it just it just fucking floats away into nonsense land. I do think that rewatching this movie, I've made peace with how campy it is. I've made peace with the fact that, like, if you love the Adam West, Burt Ward, mm-hmm. 60s Batman TV show, this movie's for you. Not to, like, insult, <laughs> not to insult the fans of that no. show and be like, this is your movie. This is for you. But, no, I think it it either needed to lean more in that direction or back the other way. Yeah. Because it sits in this weird middle ground where, like, nothing looks right. It also looks cheap. It looks so cheap. Everybody's costumes look bad. The sets look bad. The makeup looks bad. Yeah. The effects look bad. Just all around, it doesn't seem like they really – I think they just assumed that this was a money machine. It can't stop. No matter how cartoonish it becomes, it will never die, and it did. This was the first movie I remember watching in a theater and being – disappointed in hmm. i remember just sitting there being a kid and just being like oh my god i hate this movie this and they've killed sucks. something <laughs> they've killed something i love so much mm-hmm. so how did you go about remaking this movie um i liked well first of all i like the straightforwardness of this movie i like that it starts batman gets in the batmobile and it's just like hey batman there's a new villain boom movie starts that's it (laughs) that's all that that's the opening of this movie a new villain has commandeered the gotham museum he's frozen the antiquities wing he's turned the security guards into blocks of ice he's calling himself mr freeze mr freeze plus the butts and the nips Oh, you like your pro butts and, and nips. I'm not pro butts and nips. I'm not. I'm not pro because they do that too in Batman Forever, where yeah. he like gets suited up. I did not like that. At one point, I think Poison Ivy says something about his suit being anatomically correct, and mm-hmm. I wanted to vomit. Um, I like how that gets started, and then we're immediately transported to a fantasy land where Doctor Freeze sprouts butterfly wings and can fly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, oh my god. So I think even though I like the cartoonishness of it, I'm going to settle it more in the real world. Yeah. In my in my version. I was chatting with you about like my cast for this movie, and I was really upset that like my I was worried that my cast didn't pack that star punch that Batman movies often bring like mm-hmm. it's it's a lot of A-listers in here it's like Michael Keaton Val Kilmer you know I know George Clooney this was like his first kind of big deal 
Um, but Arnold Schwarzenegger, at the time, Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah, but like is, Jack Nicholson, yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer, Nicole Kidman, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, these are big, big celebrities. Mm-hmm. Um, and ultimately, I just found more colorful pictures of my actors. And I was like, there, now they look great. But it just <laughs> it struck me that, like, you need to pick really, really good actors. You can give them some camp. Like, Batman Returns is a great Batman movie. Like, the penguin rides around on a giant fucking rubber duck. Like, that's fun. But, like, his story, (laughs) like, the story of of that movie is, like, is is about, like, are you born a monster or can you choose to be a monster? And that's basically Selena Kyle's movie. Now, I think if you can pair good actors with... A story that has a real good spine of like a theme or mm-hmm. a, a or or a moral, then you can add these like funny, quirky, like kooky Gotham City, you know, comic books stuff yeah. that Christopher Nolan's version just ignored. Christopher Nolan's version is just like, no, this is real world. Gotham is essentially Chicago. There's moments. Like, I was gonna say though, there's moments of fun in Nolan's trilogy that I think audiences really latched on to. Just because, like, it's not, I don't know, it's not too much, but it lightens things enough that we're not just like, oh, my gosh, what did I just watch? Yeah, but I'm saying that you have to find that happy medium, right? And so I think basically the way that you salvage Batman and Robin is if you just take Joel Schumacher away (laughs) and you you give it to someone who has more of a tonally darker sensibility. So let's talk about Batman, Bruce Wayne, played by George Clooney. G. Clooney. G. Clooney. This was his first movie, I believe, or his first, like, Mm -hmm. lead role in a movie. He was on ER. He was blowing up people's television sets week after week, and he gets tapped to be Batman. And the the way Joel Schumacher picked him is he basically put a picture of Batman's mask (laughs) <laughs> over his face he basically like covered his eyes and said now that's a chin and he said good enough good enough but uh it really seems like george clooney doesn't either doesn't give a shit that he's in this movie or no one really gave him direction of like how bruce wayne should behave poison ivy why would she help freeze escape well she's definitely evil can't believe we we're fighting over a bad guy bad yes guy no well i'm totally over all right positively me too, definitely. Great stems, though. Buds, too. Yeah, those are nice. I'll say this. I think George Clooney is better out of the suit. I think he's better as Bruce Wayne. Maybe because he is Bruce Wayne in real life. <laughs> like a perpetual bachelor? He said, I, I took this out of the trivia. philanthropist. Okay, a piece of trivia. In an interview, the cast members were asked what item from filming they would like to take home. Arnold Schwarzenegger said he would be taking Mr. Freeze's armor. Uma Thurman said she wanted Ivy's floral throne. Elle McPherson said she wanted a cap or something with the movie's logo before anyone else. And George Clooney said he wanted Elle McPherson. And I, I, I read that and I was like, wait, is George Clooney Batman? <laughs> well, I, here's, the, here's the thing about George Clooney's Batman that actually pissed me off. is like, why is Bruce Wayne, one of the richest men in this universe, in this world, wearing a fucking hoodie? Why is he dressed like my college roommate, just like back from the gym? Listen, maybe this is where Mark Zuckerberg got his inspiration. <laughs> the man only wears hoodies. I, he said, if it's good enough for Batman in this one movie. Who's going first? I'll go first. Great. 
Um, I have a long list of people that I considered to play Batman. Yeah. And most of them, every time I was like, ah, this is a great idea, I would look them up and realize they were playing some sort of superhero uh-huh. somewhere currently. Yeah. And that's infuriating <laughs> that you cannot find a man who is not playing a superhero at this right. point. And that's the that's sort of the frustration about Batman is that you want to pick a new face, like a new, like a yes, you want to pick someone who's fresh, but you want to pick like all these like I don't know. It's hard to find the right person. I took a specific uh, stance on my Batman, mm-hmm. and I feel pretty good about it. And honestly, I just want to give this man a chance Do again. It. I know he's had a lot, but I picked Colin Farrell to be my Batman. Mm. Yeah, wasn't he rumored for a while? I can't imagine that he, he like, toys, his like name he was, must, must have been, been thrown around. Yeah. yeah. He's great. And recently, like all his like the new movies with what's his face? What's the Greek director? Yorgos Lanthimos. Uh, yeah. Obviously, you know me. I'm never going to be able <laughs> to pronounce that name. But like the lobster killing of a sacred deer. He's great. And, you know, if you've never seen in Bruges, just watch in Bruges. He's it's such so a good funny. actor. And I'm not sure what doesn't translate to like because in in sort of speaking of mid-range thrillers in a mid-budget thriller Colin Farrell kills. Yeah. In a big budget movie for some reason, he does not. Dead on the Vine. Total Recall reboot. Yeah. Daredevil, Ben Affleck's Daredevil. Yeah. Yeah, why is that? And so I feel like especially for something like this that honestly doesn't require a lot of Batman. Yeah. I think he would be a really like strong presence. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to argue against it. I guess it's just weird to think about him as Batman now. But I think it's because it's Batman. Right. And there have been a lot of Batmans. There's been so many Batmans. It's hard to throw a new Batman into so many Batmans. And good luck, Rob Pattinson. I think he's We're rooting for you. I mean, I wish it had been Nicholas Holt, but. Yeah. Though he's already beast. No, he's if 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 Chris Evans is allowed to be the Human Torch and then okay. Captain America, he would be allowed yeah. to be Beast. I think that's a Batman. good pick. I think that's a good pick. I I I would definitely love to see him play because this is also hard about Batman. Like Michael Keaton doesn't really play a character. Mm-hmm. He just plays a guy who dresses up like a bat. Christian Bale plays Batman. Yeah. Like Christian Bale was given the the runway of like this is your origin story. This is why you do this. So I would like to see if Colin Farrell gets that, like a scene like that. Yeah. I would I would definitely – I think everyone would pay money to see that. Yeah, for sure. I picked an actor who has not been a superhero. Okay. But has been in a superhero movie as a very small role. Okay. And I was going through his IMDb and he seems like he has a pre-Batman Christian Bale resume. Okay. Like – He's played a psychopath. <laughs> He's played a government hero. He he has a wide breadth of characters that he can play. Okay. And the other thing is Bruce Wayne at this point has to be a little bit older to deal with the fallout with Dick Grayson. And, right. And, a little fatherly. Yeah. We're going to trap ourselves a snowman? Absolutely. Right after you spend 10 hours in the simulator training. Look, I made a mistake. I'm sorry. Don't go all protective on me. It's not going to happen again. You're reckless, and you almost got killed by Freeze tonight. I'm fine. See? Me? Here? Alive? How are we supposed to work together if you won't trust me? 
I went with Richard Armitage. Okay. Who is the star of Berlin Station. Mm-hmm. I, he was in Ocean's 8. I think he's a really good actor. Yeah. Unfortunately, he was in The Hobbit movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, The Hobbit movies exist. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I don't think that's... Uh, like, I guess you could say he did a great job in those movies, but like right. those movies aren't terrific. But he has the look mm-hmm. of a superhero. Yeah. Especially like a brooding superhero. Especially one who would like live in the shadows and, you know, be this loner... I think my problem with George Clooney is he felt a little not soft around the edges, but he 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 has like rounder features. <laughs> I don't know why, but like I I can only really see like actors with like sharp mm-hmm. angles to be Batman. Like Keaton's eyebrows, like are gr- like top notch Batman eyebrows. Right. Yeah, Kilmer's got a great chin. Yeah, and. What was going on? Why was Batman just around now? Like, you know that? Like, from the first Batman movie, he's like, he's like a rumor. By Batman and Robin, he's like, he's going to like auction party, like flower auction parties. (laughs) They're like doing meet and greets and signings. Well, now it's like, it's like business as usual. Like, he, it's his job. His job is to be a superhero. Cape Crusaders are going to help us auction off a prize diamond to raise money for Gotham Botanical Gardens. Just a few mammals doing what we can for the world's plants. That that doesn't <laughs> fly with me. Like, that shit doesn't work. Like, and the whole thing of just, like, we heard it in the clip before where Robin's like, that's the Robin signal. It's like they're slinging, mer- <laughs> like, it's like they're slinging merchandise. You that's know what I mean? Like, ro- well, they are. Like, they are. And it doesn't, that doesn't, add, like, that's more of the campy 60s Batman that I don't. I don't care about. I will say something that would have made this movie 20% better would have been those old show transitions where it was like, if they had just done that in this movie, 20% better. Because then you know what you're watching. The other thing I didn't realize rewatching some of these movies is that they changed the score. Like Danny Elfman's original score to Batman is classic. And then it's similar though between Batman and Forever and it's Batman. It's very and Robin, similar, right? It's very similar in Batman Forever. They use a little uh, some of the notes, and it's like, why? Why are we reinventing? But the wheel also, here? there is like some heavy, and we ran into this problem in uh, Jurassic Park. Heavy on the bongos. <laughs> so many, like, so Every- there's a scene in Batman Forever where they go to the circus. It's Dick Grayson's origin, yes. And there's these like gold men drumming, and it's supposed yeah. to be this big show. And I think Joel Schumacher was like, I think for the next one. We need nine thousand of these guys. It's like, but it's like, and it's like the the Avengers, like the old TV show. It is like two spies going out on a mission. Like that's what it's like when they're like driving the Batmobile, and it's it doesn't make any sense. Crazy! It literally there is a scene in this movie that just straight up looked like Mardi Gras, and I was just like, "Why is this happening?" The flower party. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the flower party. What? And everything just seemed to be so convenient. Okay, anyways. Okay, we got to talk about Robin. Yes, a.k.a. Dick Grayson, played by Chris O'Donnell. Chris O'Donnell, I hate to keep bringing up Batman Forever, but he (laughs) is so fucking good in Batman Forever that I did not appreciate him in that. And he is doing his darndest in this to really really just be like, guys, let's make an actual movie, maybe? And then by the end, he's just like, fuck it. I get it. Yeah, I didn't didn't like Chris O'Donnell in this movie. (laughs) It's just like... Because here's the thing. He's really trying, and God yeah. bless him, but it's a losing battle. Honestly, they should have played up more because uh, Batman Forever is so um, acrobatics heavy. Like, they're like, they like show you how he gets into the, which, how old is he supposed to be? This is a real Robin? question I have. Yeah. I think he's, 
between 19 and 24, but he's played by a 31-year-old. But, like, young enough that apparently he needs, like, a guardian? Yes. Like, why does he go live at Wayne Manor? Uh, well, if you watched Batman Forever, which I did, you did. And I asked the same question while I was Why doesn't the he movie? just keep going with the circus? Because he yeah. can't, because the memory of his lost parents is too much. And so Ugh. then he just doesn't have anywhere to go. See, that's what this movie is missing. Is every once in a while, give us a reason to care about the characters. Because that moment where, first of all, not that we're talking about Batman Forever. <laughs> we really should have just Nicole, been talking about Batman Nicole Forever. Kidman's reactions during the whole circus scene selling it and so that moment where they hit the ground and then robin's like looking at them from above oh that kills it's really sad because he's like a tiny little kid in the hole and he's like it's so good and we don't have any reason to care about anyone in this none none no one has motivations like robin's motivation is that he's not getting the same amount of shine as batman yes what why do you think she's so desperate to kiss us? I'm betting her lips are poisoned. Poison kiss? You get some real issues with women, you know that? You just couldn't stand it. She was going to kiss me and not you. Couldn't stand it. Something was going to be mine and not yours, could you? And they play too much of the poison ivy's messing with our heads and she wants me. No, she wants me. Like, they play it for too long. Yeah. Ugh. And this this storyline between Batman and Dick or Batman and Dick Grayson between Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson or Batman and Robin mm-hmm. has been done several times. And I think cinematically they, mm-hmm. they have to come to a head not because of a woman, not because of their celebrity isn't equal because like Batman's not a fucking celebrity. Like this is like this movie drives me crazy. But, but then they come together because they both have dead parent origin stories. Right. They are essentially the same person except like Dick is more of the light side and Bruce is more dark and is brooding. Is Dick Grayson's mom's name Martha? I think I've figured this out. They're all every superhero's <laughs> mom is named Martha. <laughs> Yeah, you just you just solved. I you think because I think we have an answer. It's sort of like when you actually grow like as a young lad, as a wee lad, as I once was, <laughs> and I came of age, and I'd have to fight my father. Like we have to see that. Like we have to see right. the, the struggle between like the older brother, the younger brother, or like the father and the son. Like we have to see them. You know, we have to see Dick Grayson be so disrespected that he gets to the point where he's like, "I'm fucking out of here." Yeah. I don't need you. I don't need your money, old man. I'm going to do this on my own. And then by the end, it's like neither – they're partners for a reason. Like they need like the city, especially with two villains running amok. Like, right. I was going to say, what is the reason? What is the reason? <laughs> you know what's funny is like I was trying to be like, okay, what's my story for this movie? And then as I watched it, I was like, this movie needs a page one rewrite. I can't come up Honestly, with a story on the fly. truly Batman and Robin in my version of this movie are inconsequential. <laughs> like they exist in a, hey, Batman's here. Yeah. Robin's his partner. And but like, you, And if you want to watch a better version of this movie, the animated series made this movie again. I don't know in direct response to this movie being so bad, but there's an animated movie called Batman Sub-Zero that basically says this exact story Robin leaving, them finding Batgirl, Batgirl becoming part of the team, and Mr. Freeze is the primary bad guy. Mm. So it'd be better if Sub-Zero from Mortal Mortal Kombat Kombat was was the the villain. Yeah. That's a movie I would watch. Um, I ended up picking Joe Dempsey. You guys might know him as Gendry Baratheon from Game of Thrones. I just thought that he, you know, he played that character really well. He was a character who wanted to join the fight. 
sort of felt disrespected by the better warriors in the group. Mm-hmm. Um, I sort of saw him as someone who could – you could just imagine like if you dropped him in this role of just like, don't worry how Robin got here. Yeah. Like he's he, – they're partners, Batman and Robin. I think you're right. Like Batman and Robin exist. Bruce and Dick are this mentor-mentee relationship. Dick Grayson is just sick of Bruce's shit. Yeah. Sometimes counting on someone else is the only way you win. Your head wasn't even on the job. All you could think about was poison ivy. You just can't stand that maybe she wanted me instead of you. I mean, that's your idea of friendship, isn't it, Bruce? It's your house. It's your rules. I mean, it's your way or the highway. It's Batman and Robin, not Robin and Batman. And I'm sick of it. I just saw him as someone who was ready to, who could play that kind of character that's like ready to stand on his own while still being the fun, like, because Dick Grayson is supposed to be like. Supposed to be the fun one. He's supposed to be the fun. Because like Robin was created to be the voice of a kid that would go along with Batman's adventures. And then as he got older, it's like, oh, we got to do something with him. But he still retains that kind of lightheartedness. But everybody's cracking jokes in this movie. Oh, the puns are nonstop in this movie. And I can't stand. I wanted to literally die when he whips out the Amex. Seven million. (laughs) Never leave the cave without it. That hurt. (laughs) That hurt. Um, oh, yeah, 100% he's on the list because mm-hmm. um, he's the right age and the right disposition. <laughs> <laughs> um, love Joe Dempsey. Big respect for Gendry. I wonder what um, he's going to do next. I wonder what all those characters are He's in – oh, what did they just announce him to be in? I think it was The Right Stuff, the TV show that oh, they're making. okay. Which, great. Go to space. Great. To infinity and beyond. Um I picked someone honestly kind of similar, yeah. but someone who I thought would, who I thought considering Colin Farrell as my Batman would mm-hmm. be a pretty straightforward Batman. I wanted somebody who could really be a little kicky kind of Robin. Like oh. he's got a little, he's got a little sense of humor. He's yeah. kind of fun. He's yeah. kind of, mm. uh, so I picked Dylan O'Brien. D-O-B. I think he's, I think he's perfect for something like this. And it's, it's honestly a little shocking. He hasn't been snatched up by some franchise. Uh, um, isn't he? Don't say isn't he in the Maze Runner isn't he because the Maze that's Runner? that's done. First of all, not only is he in the Maze Runner, spoiler alert, guys, he is the Death he... Cure. <laughs> okay, well, his blood saves the lives of teens yeah, everywhere. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. In three and a half seconds, nobody. Is gonna... <laughs> <laughs> it's like the silence from Doctor Who when you're not talking about the Maze Runner, you don't, you forget it even ever exists. <laughs> I think Dylan O'Brien would be a great. Robin. Yeah, I, I agree. I think he has that sort of uh, – you can – I think it's also because he, he was like a child actor. Like he, he sort of grew up on screen. Mm-hmm. And I think that for Robin's character as he like transitions into the Nightwing character, it's, it's kind of – it's easy to be like, oh, yeah, I could see how he – when he was like a little kid got wrapped up with this crime-fighting world or whatever. And now that he's a full-on adult, you're going to be like, yeah, get the fuck out of this Batcave. Like go do your yeah, own thing. go man. be your own superhero. Um, okay. Okay. Should we move on to Batgirl? Yes. AKA Barbara Wilson played by Alicia Silverstone. My biggest qualm. Okay. With this character isn't Alicia Silverstone's performance, which was flat and wooden and she was given nothing to do. My qualm is that they changed this character to be Alfred's niece and not commissioner Gordon's daughter. Okay. And I hate that. And I want you to know, even though it's your turn. I'm changing it back. That that oh, you're changing it back to yeah. Gordon's. I okay. So this is where my story takes off. Great. Because here's the thing. I think it would be a lot of fun to make a Batman movie that isn't like really about Batman. Mm-hmm. 
Because what's more interesting to me is that Batgirl, a.k.a. Barbara, whoever she is. Gordon. Whatever. Um, I don't care. She could be Alfred's niece. It really doesn't matter. But no. she is a student of Pamela Isley's. Mm. And Pamela Isley is a teacher at, I don't know, Gotham University. Yeah. Gotham State. University of Gotham. Gotham College. It really I doesn't matter. I think Gotham University is the fictional okay. co- official G-U. college. Fighting bats. So. I think they're the Gotham Knights. That might be a baseball team. Fantastic. <laughs> um, really doesn't matter. Um, because I wanted to, I mean, I don't want to go too far into Poison Ivy, but I feel like I kind of have to, to explain Batgirl. Because I think that Batgirl's like a grad student. She idolizes Pamela Isley because she's like, you know what? We got to fix the world, guys. Mm-hmm. We got to take better care of our environment. And then when she figures out who Pamela Isley really is as a villain, she goes on a mission to like find Batman and figure mm. out who he is to try to help stop her. I like this a lot. Yes, thank you. And I'm going to piggyback off this pitch. Okay, do it. To get to our Batman and Robin riff. So she's she's out, she decides she's going to crime fight on her own. She's inspired by the Batman to go after Pamela Isley. Mm-hmm. Interrupting her is Robin. He gets injured. Oh. The Batman swoops in and is like, hey, Barbara, you did a great job. I want you to come along with us. And Dick Grayson's like, fuck, man. What the fuck? I've been here for years. Mm. Also, he hates women, I'm assuming. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to pick a girl? No, I just think like you can you can you can start the friction there. Although historically, Dick Grayson and Barbara have an on and off romance. Right. I mean, it's hard to deny. They're that, the only you know. two young hot teens in this cave. Right, 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 right. What are they going <laughs> to do? This cave, generally, you can't put two attractive people together. Right. You just can't. That's against the laws of movies. How long have you been racing? Since my parents died, I guess all the speed and danger helped take me out of myself. Made the pain go away. You wouldn't understand. You'd be surprised. But it doesn't matter because I've already won all the money I need to do what I've always dreamed. Well, just don't tell me you want to run off and join the circus. So I picked, you're going to like this one, Naomi Scott. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Jasmine. I think she would be a lot of fun because I think she's really interesting to watch. And I could see her doing the crime fighting, but also being a sort of... Like you mentioned, somebody who can do the little back and forth with Robin, mm-hmm. because ultimately, like, Batman doesn't need to get involved in their childish games. Right. Um, but they need to have that sort of give and take of, I don't know, being two young, hot <laughs> kids. I like Naomi Scott. I've been raving about her since Power Rangers, guys. Yeah, I know. Krispy Kreme Donuts. <laughs> Really only appears like once in the movie, but you're obsessed with it. No, it appears at least five, it's mentioned five or six times and it's mentioned as a character is revived from death. His first line after he's resurrected is Jason, we have to go to the Krispy Kreme donuts. That is some stellar writing. <laughs> I, uh, I, yeah, she's got the thing about Batgirl is like she has to be punchy. She's got chutzpah. Yeah. You know? And unfortunately for Alicia Silverstone, her punchiness, um, she's I, don't, not, I don't know. This is going to sound really weird. She's not punchy. She's kicky. 
<laughs> well, yeah, I don't understand. Meaning there's a little too much reliance on just how, like, cute she is. Oh, yeah. Like, she goes off and, like, steals these motorcycles, but then, like, she'll have these, like, weird scenes with Alfred where she's like, I miss you, Uncle Alfred. You may be me. Me, me, me. And she's, like, really <laughs> mousy. And it's like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, who is this character? I One of my absolute favorite moments in the movie is when she, like, appears and right at the right moment to save uh, Batman and Robin. And they're sort of like, <laughs> they sort of approach her and she's like, guys, it's me, Barbara. <laughs> Bruce, it's me, Barbara. I found the Batcave. We got to get those locks changed. She knows who we are. Because she'll just have to kill her. Yep, we'll kill her later. We have work to do. And I sort of wanted Batman to be like, yeah, we know. <laughs> it's like you're wearing a domino mask. <laughs> By um, the way, you're leaving DNA all over the place. Your hair is just out. It's only second to the rubber lips part. Um, oh, so many lips. weird moments. But I like the idea of her real life persona should be someone with a purpose instead of just like the most exciting thing about her is that she's a good girl, but she's also a bad girl. Yeah. But what I want my Batgirl to be is someone with like the reason she wants to get into crime fighting isn't because she just like falls into it. She has a purpose to try to stop something bad from happening. Yeah. I like how you made her a part of the fabric of the city and the story. And I wish I had spent more time rewriting this movie, but it was just so like, what the fuck? Like you could go in infinite directions yeah. with these five characters that it's just like. Anything would be better. So who did you pick? Um, I picked an actress who I, I, you know, going through lists of actors, I was like, oh, she would be perfect. And then I found out that, like, fanboys were, like, desperate for her to play this character. Oh. And so I was like, eh, is this a cop-out? But I really, when I thought about it, I was like, no, she would be really great. I picked Jane Levy. Oh, interesting. From, She's, like... From Castle Rock and Suburgatory? Suburgatory? Yeah. She was in the Evil Dead remake? Yes, Evil Dead remake. Yeah, I guess, like, fanboys are like, oh, she'd be perfect. And then, like, there's all these, like, Photoshop. Creepos being like. Yeah, you know, basically people like us who don't have microphones. (laughs) (laughs) That didn't have have the drive and and foresight to make a world-renowned podcast about fantasy I've never edited a photo (laughs) to make somebody a character just to. I've never done that. Sure, sure, sure. Um, I think another thing I love about Batgirl just as a character is she's instinctively curious. Mm -hmm. And they do that a little bit in this movie when like that, like Alfred is dying from the same disease that Mr. Freeze's wife has died from. Highly convenient. And he like is trying to seek out his long lost brother. And apparently his family comes from a line of butlers, which is like (laughs) something (laughs) And he, like, puts all this stuff on an old CD, mm-hmm. and he's like, get this to my brother, find him, find the Raj, and give this to Uncle Wilfred. And then Barbara's like, for sure. And then she goes to a computer, puts in the CD drive, and it's like all these schematics just yep. start flying up. And it says, like, uh, the password was PEG. It was three yeah. letters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it immediately just starts playing blueprints for batman's like technology well that's what happens when you unlock a cd rom you know everything inside just starts opening up in windows <laughs> right that's <laughs> oh, how it yeah, works for sure i expect that you might find your way down here child 
As such, I programmed my brain algorithms into the bad computer and created a virtual simulation. I'd like to help Batman and Robin. I anticipated you would and took the liberty to create something in your size. Suit me up, Uncle Alfred. Suit me up, Uncle Alfred. (laughs) I said, girlfriend. Anyways, that's what. But here's the thing that Alicia Silverstone did not deserve. She got a lot of flack for how she looked in her suit and apparently causing issues because she couldn't fit into the suit. Listen, if your people can't make this person fit into a suit, there's something wrong with your wardrobe, people. Yeah, just make a bigger suit. And I valued Joel Schumacher for defending her because people were going nuts about like blaming her for delays in the movie. And I was like this because she was only what, like 18 when they actually made it. She was 21. Oh. I mean, that's still very young. Yes, it is. <laughs> and at any age, you just graduate. shouldn't. You just shouldn't be like. I, I hope we're in a point where we aren't doing that to women anymore yeah. because that was really weird. Anyways, that's who I picked. I hope the fanboys. Uh, yeah. Give me a shout out online now. Yeah, we're pa- we're just pandering to the fanboys. <laughs> I'm going to amass an army of fanboys. To- Please don't do this. What? No, it's <laughs> the worst idea in the world. I'm just going to become like that Vice News guy. They'll be my really shitty proud boys. No. But I'll steer them towards good. That's impossible. You can't <laughs> You can't steer an army of fanboys towards good. Okay. Poison but Ivy. Pamela Isley, a.k.a. Poison Ivy. I was trying to think of, like, what is her motivation here? Do you want me to tell you what I think her motivation should be? I, I well, The only thing that came to mind is that she's a scientist who wants to stop global warming. But, yeah, go. that's not really a character. But. Here's, what, here's who Pamela Isley is. To me. She is an environmentalist, again, at, what did we decide? Gotham, Gotham University. University. Go Knights. Um, <laughs> and she is is becoming radicalized politically. Mm-hmm. Here's where things get a little crazy. Bane, who I'm sure has a, does he have like a real name? Yes. In, in, in oh, Batman? no, his name is just Bane. But fun fact, he's like hyper intelligent. See, okay, this is this was my thinking. Bane is the guy who is funding her program. Ooh. So when she figures out how to turn plants into weapons, which sure, let's just keep that. She is like, we can do something with this and change the world. Bane is like, let's sell it to the government. She is like, no. So she turns on him, makes him like Bane Bane, as we know him in this movie, who only sort of grunts. And she turns herself into Poison Ivy with one goal, to get Batman on board with her eco-terrorism lifestyle. Mm. Okay. That's interesting. See, I always think that the best Batman villains start out as people who are marginalized. Mm -hmm. And they come back to force the world to see their point of view. You don't think that a woman in science is marginalized? No, but I was just sort of thinking, I was going back to um, the Riddler, the Penguin, Catwoman, like Mm -hmm. traditionally in Tim Burton-esque type of Batman movies, they are people who, you know, you don't see, you look over, and then something horrible happens to them, and they're just sick and tired of the world, ignoring them. Mm. Pamela Isley's origin Mm -hmm. in this movie is a condensed version of uh, Selena Kyle's origin as Catwoman in Batman Returns. The animal plant toxins had a rather unique effect on me. They replaced my blood with aloe, my skin with chlorophyll, and filled my lips. 
With Venom. And she becomes this, like, empowered female See, because kick-ass I think person. that's the cool thing about Poison Ivy is that she's a much more, like, empowered. Like, she doesn't turn herself into a villain, but at the same time, she sort of takes control of yeah, but, being a villain. But, and so I like the idea of taking her and being, like, she takes the man who is sort of, like, trying to control her whole thing the thing that she is going to build her life on tries to take it away from her that she (laughs) turns him into her lackey but it happens in a matter of minutes yes well the chemical reaction only needs (laughs) that scene was like what are we doing here like he's he's we're in like south america somehow and he's selling this this venom to like essentially like saddam hussein and the ayatollah and all these like cartoon villains. Yep. Like, where are we? And then in the next room, she's just like renting out a lab space. Yeah, because she's like wor- working on like a side project, but, but she's not in, like, supposed an evil to castle. Know. They're in like an evil castle. So how can she think she's doing good? Right. <laughs> Anyways, is it my turn? I've been rambling it's your on turn. and on and on. I wanted someone who could be sultry, mm-hmm. who can be intelligent, who could be cunning, who could be maniacal to a point like. Poison Ivy's fault is the fact that she wants plants to take over the world, right? Like, she she's so blinded by this one goal yeah. that would ultimately be, be her downfall. I went with Ava Green. That's a really good choice. Thank you. That's a really good choice. Penny Dreadful Star, 300 sequel star. She was in Casino Royale. She's very beautiful. She's very English. She's She can be... I think be... she's French. Is she? Yeah. Oh, well, great. I think she <laughs> is. This is way. Re- she's got like wild eyes, which yeah. I think is great for um, a Batman villain. This is right up her alley. Yeah. It's kind of remarkable she hasn't played some sort of like, like, I feel like she mostly plays these sort of accessible villain types, like not evil, but in the in the zone. Yeah. Let's just throw her into the deep end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. she'd be great with this. Who did you pick? Um. I I actually think Uma Thurman is really good in this movie because of all the people who's really going for it, she is going for it. She's fully doing the whole like slinky, sexy, 40s, like weird detective movie, like New York accent thing. Like she's really doing it. And I just I think that's great because everybody else is sort of half getting to where they're supposed to go. Some lucky boy is about to hit the honeypot. I'll include an evening of my company for the winner. I'll bring everything you see here, plus everything you don't. When you said, like, New York City vibe, did you mean Bane in a fedora, which was everything to me? No, my gosh. (laughs) But he still had the Lucha Libre mask on, and it's like, you're not disguising yourself. You're just Bane with a hat. And it was great. Uh, yeah, you can't disguise that. Who um, So I went with Jimma Chan. Yeah, I yes, I was thinking about her, but I think I picked her recently for something. I think you did too, because I I love the idea of her being the sort of super smart a mentor to to my Batgirl, who in her villainous turn becomes. Something larger than life. Yeah. Thank you very much. Please write me my check. I see this a hundred percent. Great. We yeah. did it. Um, Mr. Freeze. Oh, <laughs> we're just moving on now. 
Don't need to talk about Gemma Chan. Go see Crazy Rich Asians. She's great. Go I mean, I Guardi- think, we, I think see, we agree. Not Guardians. Captain Marvel. She's in it for four minutes. Her face is blue. Yeah, she looks great in other colors. <laughs> That's all that matters for Poison Ivy. Okay, Dr. Fit- this is what's weird. His name is Dr. Victor Freeze, but his supervillain name is Mr. Mr. Freeze. Well, I, technically his name is Dr. Victor Fries. <laughs> it's spelled Fries. But it's, is, it, is it German? Is Belgium? I don't what's what's Arnold Schwarzenegger? He's Austrian? Austrian. I like don't hate Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze. No. I don't love that they're just like, just ham it up, buddy. Yeah. First, I will turn Gotham into an icy graveyard. Then I will pull Batman's heart from his body and feel it freeze in my hands. <laughs> Revenge! I don't I, think he's like a great actor, but he looks menacing. He looks dope. Somehow diamonds power his suit. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> That's such a like, it's just such a, a weird like 90s trope of like, you literally put loose diamonds in a <laughs> container and it powers... And we all, as as children, were like, yeah, that's how everything works. Speaking of 90s tropes, it's like, oh, Penguin's bad guys were all these circus freaks. And Two-Face's mm-hmm. bad guys were all these, like, color-coordinated goons. <laughs> Mr. Freeze obviously would have a ragtag hockey team oh, on him. Oh, for sure. It's like, what? And then Which, they, they uh, fucking... Ruby Slipper skates. Batman and Robin Ruby oh, Slipper skates oh out gosh. of their backseat. They, like, clap their little feet together and <laughs> ice oh skates my pop out of God. the bottom. What the fuck? And Batman has a laser that can heat water. Well, like, here's the thing. Here's my big, big question about Mr. Freeze. How cold is it in Gotham? It Oh, in this movie? It's yes. supposed to be summer. Because when right? he freezes the city, that can't last like, how is that incapacitating anyone? Literally give it three hours, the whole city is thawed. <laughs> yeah, but everyone's dead. You can't freeze humans and then, like, thaw them out because you're... you're so 80, says you. You're 80% water. <laughs> so your cellular your cellular structure basically explodes when you thaw out. It just seemed really silly to me. No, I think he is a silly... I think he is a silly villain, which is why you need to give him some pathos with, the like, the idea that, like... Every every criminal move he makes is is to try and save his wife. Mm-hmm. And in the end, I actually do like in the end when Batman is like, you know, please help me. Like, you're the only one who can help yeah. me. And he turns back because he is sort of like an anti-villain or anti-hero. Someone who, like, is doing it for very clear reasons, which I liked. Yeah. Show me how to cure McGregor syndrome stage one. And maybe you can also save the life of the man your wife once loved. He's still inside you, Victor. Buried deep beneath the snow. Doctor. Take two of these. And call me in the morning. So I liked the idea that was uh, Joel Schumacher's original idea, which is an aging Mr. Freeze. Hmm. They considered... Who was it? Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins. They considered Patrick Stewart. Yeah. Um, I liked that. I liked going with somebody a little older because I think what I would connect with more emotionally as far as his relationship with his wife goes, I think I would connect more emotionally with he has been at this for years. Yeah. And what would be really sad is when we bring him into the world um, 
sort of getting this notion that maybe like at one point he was defeated by Batman. And so he's sort of retreated into this lifestyle mm-hmm. and he's pulled back out by Poison Ivy, who has some sort of hold over him. I mean, we'll, we'll workshop it. But um, I like the idea that like ultimately he really is in it for his wife, but he has just been struggling forever mm-hmm. to try to figure this out. Um, and so I use this as an opportunity to cast somebody a little bit bigger. Okay. Because I think it would be a great – a really exciting departure for them performance-wise to play this sort of villain. Do you mean performance-wise? Um, not necessarily. Okay. Or do just you mean physically. Just like, I, like I don't know if they would ever do a movie like this. Oh, okay, but it would be fun to see them do it. I picked Bruce Willis. Oh, okay, yeah, that's good. For some reason, I was like, I hope you say Daniel Day Lewis. <laughs> like, but but he plays Daniel the same Daniel. character as Phantom Thread. <laughs> Um, I recently watched, um, what, what's that movie called with Brad Pitt about the, everybody's sick and he has to go back in time. Looper? No, Brad no. Pitt and everyone's, oh, 12 um, Monkeys. Yes. Tw- yeah. I recently watched 12 Monkeys and I was reminded once again about how much I enjoy watching Bruce Willis in the nineties. There's only one flaw to this pick. What? Do you believe Bruce Willis can play a doctor? <laughs> Yes! Yes! The Sixth Sense! No. He's a doctor! He's a psychiatrist. That's a doctor! Go you have ba- to go to guys, medical school. Go back to episode five or six of this podcast. And Kenna, on record, has said, Would you want Bruce Willis to operate on you? That's a fact that you said on this I podcast. Said that? Yes! I th- yes, Bruce Willis is a doctor. <laughs> okay. I th- no, I think that's I think that's a great pick. Um, I think it's an interesting pick, to, uh, at least an interesting pick, if not a great pick. <laughs> wow, thank you. I I just like how I rolled it back there. I like it because I, I do think like Batman villains are played by like really, uh, they're out of the box picks. Like Heath Ledger as the Joker, people were like, "What the fuck are you thinking?" Yeah, and they were like, "No, no, no, trust us." And we were like, "Yeah," and then it was like Jared Leto as the Joker, and we're like, "Perfect," and, and it he was, was trash. No, thank you. Yeah. Um, I picked a actor who I don't think many people know. Okay, here we go. But he has come into our lives very recently over the past couple summers in a little franchise called John Wick. I picked Lance Reddick. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. The actor who plays the manager, not the manager, but the uh, concierge at the Continental. People definitely know Lance Reddick. Okay, good. I mean, he's I in hear, so much stuff. I can hear the wire watchers screaming, Lance yeah. Reddick! yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's also he was also in Fringe. Um, when they say working actor, yeah, that's who they're talking about. Yeah, but I liked his poise from John Wick and yeah. his. Let's be honest, his bald head is really what Helpful. makes Mister Freeze. Helpful, but no, I think um, his poise is someone who he never really wavers with emotion in that movie. It's mm-hmm. it's always like he's very proper, and I think at the height of Mister Freeze's sort of villainy, that's kind of who I see as someone who's just like clear minded laser focused. Is that a pun? Because he has a little ice laser gun. Yeah, it could use some work, <laughs> but you know, could also play like the human, the, the human side of the, uh, I think that's a really Victor, strong choice. Victor fries. <laughs> Would he have to do an accent? No. Like what? Like an English accent? Uh, I don't know. His name is Dr. Victor freeze. I don't know if, Victor Freeze comes from a different nation. I think he's it's just a stupid comic book nickname that they gave mm, him. Like Ed Nigma. Edward Nigma is a great comic book name. <laughs> That's a great comic book name. 
Uh, that threw me for a loop. Um, As is Oswald Cobblepot. Is a that's, great, well, that's a good name. It's a, it's a little name. less like it's a little less like get it. The name is a. It's like Oswald a, Puffin M- Mick. <laughs> yes, it's a little less Puffin Schmear. All right, that was our five. Should we get to Old B Peps? Yep, let's do it, guys. Where does Barry Pepper go? I wonder if we say, uh, let's. Should we say it on three? Do you think we pick the same person? No. Okay. One, two, three. Commissioner, Commissioner Gordon. Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> I had you a feeling, but I didn't. No. I didn't want to jinx it because as soon as I said, "Of course, it has to be him," you'd be like, "Alfred." I'd be like, "No, yeah, of course, it's Commissioner Gordon." I actually think, for real, it's not like we're trying to put him places. I think he Barry Pepper would make a dope Commissioner Gordon. Yep, a wonderful addition to this movie. Yes, yeah, I actually sure. think that this is one of those rare occasions where we're like, actually, actually, yeah, Barry. Yeah, he should be this in role. this movie for sure. Um, I didn't really write notes for this movie. I, it, it was a smorgasbord of color and light. Uh, it really felt like as I watched beads would be thrown at me and I'd have to take my shirt off. I really don't know what to make I mean, I didn't thing. do much better because one of my notes literally says every line of dialogue is bad. <laughs> it really is. And what's weird <laughs> is that like Joel Schumacher takes blame for the writing. Because hmm. I've uh, who wrote this? Akiva Goldsmith? He says something where he's just like, I think he was just like, I pushed him to write this movie this way because this yeah. is the movie I wanted. And so the writer was like, yeah, yeah, Akiva Golds, a Goldsman who wrote, has written so many goddamn movies, Cinderella Man, A Beautiful Mind. Uh, he's like deep into the Star Trek universe. Mm-hmm. Um, let's just do his writing credits. I mean, yada, yada, yada. I could go on. Uh, the Dark Tower, Transformer series, Da Vinci Code series, iRobot, Lost in Space. Like, not all winners. I mean, I think the, I think something that I really marveled at is that. Marveled at? No. Stop. <laughs> if this movie. This is a DC comic book. <laughs> if this Fanboys attack. If this movie had been successful. Imagine how much different those three top actors' careers would have been. You mean George Clooney, Chris O'Donnell, Alicia Silverstone? Silverstone. Yeah, they would have been. I think Alicia Silverstone took a big hit on this movie. For sure. So did Chris O'Donnell. No one's ever heard of George Clooney ever again. He sort of sailed (laughs) away. He disappeared. No, I think you're right. Truly, though, like Chris O'Donnell... Was prepped to be a huge movie star. And he, a huge movie star, he was not. Yeah, I think it's, and not only that, but the subsequent movies after this, we would have seen Nicolas Cage as Scarecrow. Right. We would have seen, who else did they have in mind for villains? There was like another, there's a second villain that they were going to team him up with. There was an idea where like Batman would get arrested and then there would be a court trial where all the old villains came back. Like, uh-huh. Oh, Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn was going to be in it, and it was going to be like Joker's daughter, and who knows who would have played that role. But, yeah, it would have been weird. And I think the comic book movie landscape as a whole would have shifted. would have been completely different. Yeah. Um, I don't have anything else. This movie is terrible. No, I mean, it's it's really awful. But I'm going to be honest. I would dig a super cartoony, live action-y version of something like this because we all we get now are dark gritty versions of superheroes i would really enjoy something like this if it were done better would you remake this movie nope 
<laughs> no, yeah. thank you. No, thank you. We're on to Robert Pattinson. Good luck, Robert. Yeah, I believe in you. I believe in you. Guys, thank you so much for joining us this week on The Boot. If you like this episode, please check out our past episodes. Please check us out next week. It's 4th of July, and we have an incredible movie for you guys. A really great one. So, Kenna, where can the people find us? You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Stop by and leave us a rating and review. Do both of them. Don't skip out on one of them. It's really the best thing you can do for yourself and for us. You can also find us on Ko-fi, where you can go make a very small donation to help us keep making this podcast. That link is in our description and on Twitter. Speaking of Twitter, how about hitting us up on Twitter at The Boot Podcast or at Boot Podcast on Instagram? Or if you want to follow us separately, because sometimes it's okay to like one person more than the other. It's okay to like Batman more than Robin. And I think you know who's who at Flynn and at Ken Trent. Who's your favorite Robin? There's only one Robin. There's five Robins. What? Dick Grayson, Jason Todd, Tim Drake, Carrie, I, what's I her name? I don't know how to answer this question. Damian Wayne. I don't know how to answer this question. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. people talk during the movie.